0: Gravity Falls, creep into the non-animated world. This is the Gravity Bros Podcast, and we are in for a big one today. Uh, I'm Alec, this is my brother Lou, and it's time for some lore. If y'all have just been waiting around to hear many of the secrets of this show discussed, Tons of them came out in this episode that we watched today, A Tale of Two stands. Yes, indeed. The singular backstory episode that we were all waiting desperately for. This is pretty much just backstory. And then maybe like a little cap of like forward going plot at the very end. Yeah, I'm not sure how our discussion is going to go today. It's going to be a lot of explanation, but I'm sure a lot of reflection on what we witnessed. A lot so- of, oh, did you see that in the background? Yeah, Uh, so let's dive right in. I'm sure we're not going to catch everything, but we'll do our best. Two boys run on the beach. They find a mysterious boarded-up cave and think about what may lie ahead. And we get kind of a picture here that one of them is very smart. The other one is kind of the muscles of the two. And that tough one punches their way in. They draw their names on a cave wall. What are those names? They are Stanley and Stanford Pines. And we realize, as expected, we are seeing the two brothers, Stan and Ford, as children. Yes, an important definition clarification for terminology for the rest of this episode. We will be referring to Stanford as the grunkle Stan that we've known and loved this whole... Wait, is he the one? Wait, I always get them mixed up. No, Stan Lee is the the grunkle that we've known and loved the whole series. And Stanford is the new science fiction guy. Yes. So this is going to be important to establish now, even though we realize it later in the episode, that who we have known as Stanford Pines has been lying about his identity. His real name is Stanley. We are going to, for the sake of them being children, need to call him Stanley. And then we'll just say Ford for the other of twin course. who we are learning about in this episode, right? I'm going to uh, refer as, to them that way for the rest of the show probably actually because that's the only as, way I we'll know who's who. As adults, I'll probably say Stan, as in Grungle Stan, and then Ford. And I feel like that'll be probably make sense. But I think I, as children clarify twin, here and there. <laughs> all right. Uh so This is the cold open. We're just getting, okay, this is what Grunkle Stan was like as a child, and this is his twin brother. Because at the end of the last episode, we had this big reveal that he even has a brother. We didn't know up until this point that a brother was in the picture. Um, I mean, we did because we'd seen the show before. But if you were a new viewer at this point, this was a big lore drop. So knowing that there are two twins is very important and it is the crux of this entire episode. Yeah, I will say also I'll bet that that cold open hit a lot harder for the first watch, but when you already know what happens it definitely feels really short and slow. It's true. Uh I think that because we are familiar knowing who these characters are at this point, it's not much of a reveal. Um uh, and really the big reveal was the last episode anyway. Um But back in the future, uh we are seeing the Mystery Shack. At first, I in my memory, this was just a pure montage, or I guess a pure recap history episode, and we didn't even bring yeah. the present day into it. So I was happy to see that we were still getting that. Yeah, there's um, was a little bit at the end. So we see the Mystery Shack. Uh, Stan's brother, Ford, has returned. And, oh boy, family! Nah, he punches him immediately. Right uh, in the face. Yeah, he's like, this was an insanely risky move to restart this portal. And yeah stan is like uh are you gonna thank me yeah for (laughs) taking you out of this crazy parallel universe he's like you mean thank you for what you did to me 30 years ago first lore hint and they start fighting you know i actually have a lot more thoughts on this watching it again and like tbh i'd be pissed too (laughs) yes uh There's so much that I want to unpack here about who's right in this argument, this history. I also want to talk a little bit about how we identify with these characters, because we've always said we identify with Mabel and Dipper being siblings. These are literally two brothers, so I feel like there may even be some more parallels. Oh, really? Um, I don't feel like I relate to either of these people on any level. (laughs) That may end up being the case for me as well. But just (laughs) being siblings and the dynamic of that, I feel like might be interesting to talk through. That's fair, Uh, But... Even so, uh, we are getting teased now that something happened that tore their relationship apart years ago. Uh, So Mabel is asking, what the heck is going on here? It was pretty Um, funny, that line, too. They're just, like, totally fighting and yelling at each other. She goes, uh, hi, everyone. Here, Mabel here. Uh, what the hell is going on? (laughs) She didn't say it exactly like that, but close enough. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, And, uh, is like, Stan, you didn't tell me there were children and a large hairless gopher pointing at Seuss. Yeah. Um. And Stan says, oh, Ford, these are Shermie's kids. Um, yes. Presumably their younger sister. Yes. Um, and Ford realizes how long it's been. Uh, wow, like it's been a long time. And he gives Mabel a six-fingered handshake to introduce himself. And as she says, wow, one finger friendlier than normal. He's like, I like you because you're weird. Yeah, I like this kid. She's weird. I, um, I, I already kind of like that. He seems to warm up more to Mabel than Dipper, to be honest, because it's like, you know, Dipper's been waiting to meet the author his whole life and is having like the nerdiest nerd moment. I think partially also, I think part of it is supposed to be like, I I think both Dipper and Seuss are um, venues for taking kind of cheap shots at the fan base a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, I think there's an amazing moment right before uh, Stan gets into his introduction, where Suze is preparing for the backstory. He's like, Stan, if this is not like my fanfic, I'm going to be very disappointed. Yeah, very disappointed. (laughs) I thought that was a great line. And also, like, you know that that's how fans are, you know? (laughs) Oh, 100%. And everybody had been running with their fan theories for so long up to this point. I can only imagine what the community was like during this episode. It would have been really exciting maybe people were disappointed. I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it, it's so interesting when you have something that's so legendary for its buildup, it really puts a lot of pressure on the creators to have a very, like, not easy to guess payoff, you know? Because uh, I'm thinking of One Piece. I've been watching One Piece, and one of the biggest questions is what is the One Piece? And you know, ever so, I mean, it's been that question's been posed since the beginning of the show. So you know, we've had 20 plus years for people to make theories around it, and you know, the internet will explode when the when the reveal comes, and it does put a lot of pressure on the creator to make it not super easy. Like it can't just be oh, it was the friends that were we made along the way or something like that. You know. Because uh, that would just be super lackluster, and I think that this show had a ton of pressure to drop something that people weren't expecting. And from, I think that that it was delivered. I would, I was not expecting this when I was watching. I have 100% agree. Um, I, I don't think that I maybe ever speculated about Stan having a brother. To be honest, I don't um, think I did. I, I, I in feel real like time. let us know in the Discord or in the comments or whatever, wherever you can let us know. Uh, what? you know what you were thinking if you did if especially if you were watching it as it was coming out if you know what the community was thinking uh because i I really have no guess i have no idea yeah i'm very curious so uh dipper like you said is losing his mind ford asks stan uh does anyone else know about this portal and stan's like no just us and kind of the whole u.s government Mm, forgot about that one yeah and (laughs) ford is like okay Okay, 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 we can work with this. Just gotta make a plan. It's fine. <laughs> it's not fine. It is not fine. Um, But this is Ford, and we are immediately getting a picture of his character. He's like, okay, damage control. Yeah. Um, you were reckless. Now I have to pick up your mess. <laughs> I, I really like his character design right when we see him too. He's got this like sci-fi-looking gun slinged over his back. He's in all black. He looks like a Matrix villain, you know? Oh wow, that's kind of interesting. Or he kind of does, yes. yeah. And I'm just like seeing this this like action hero like guy, especially when we know that when they were kids in that brief flashback that one was the brains and one was the you know punching stuff guy, as he said. Ron. Yeah. Um, I, I know he said punching stuff guy though in the quote. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. <laughs> um, but uh, it was kind of interesting to see. That even though he was considered the brains, he kind of beat the crap out of Stanley at the very beginning. Like, clearly the roles are not the same anymore. Well, they have a lot of baggage as we start to learn. Because Mabel points out, well, uh, it seems like while they're waiting for us, we got time. So why don't you tell us what's going on? And that leads us into the backstory. And Ford, or sorry, this is going to be a problem all episode. (laughs) Stan decides to uh, start uh, essentially giving the backstory of their life and how we ended up here, and it's very compelling. I was, like, drawn in the whole time. Um, Stan starts the story. Uh, It all started a lifetime ago, he says. 1960-something in Glass Shard Beach, New Jersey. My dad owned a pawn shop and was hard to impress, and my mom was a pathological liar and a phone psychic. Yeah, which pretty much just adds up. That all works. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it it makes Stanley's character make a lot more sense because it you could see that Stanley got some of the gruff side of his dad and the liar side from his mom. But I gotta say, his twin brother, you don't really know where his personality came from in terms of, like, you know, Apple falls far from the tree kind of mindset. You're right. He feels very out of left field compared to the rest of them. Yeah. Um, Which, I guess there's not much to overthink there. Sometimes i guess it it, it feels the thing that i liked about it is that the parents seemed to like the kid that was the least like themselves and i won't read too much into that but i just found it interesting you know what i mean because like you know stanley is it was the gruff one just like his dad the no-nonsense guy and he was a pathological liar like his mom so he's actually embodying the traits of his parents versus the other guy's super smart, super honest, not like anything of his parents at all, you know? Wow, that, that is actually fascinating. I would push back a little bit and say that Stan's dad pushes back on him and appreciates, um, appreciates Ford more. But I actually think that we get hints that his mom is not necessarily involved in that, necessarily. I think there was a joke that was referencing that the mom was a meth addict, but we'll get there whoa okay i guess we will um because i certainly didn't guess that um so yeah stan starts talking about his twin brother he's like my nerdy twin brother uh ford had a high iq a genetic birth defect giving him a sixth finger and an obsession for weirdness but i as they said had personality wow (laughs) i love that that's rough They they really do Stanley pretty dirty in this backstory. I'm not going to lie. It's true. He is really a scene as the lesser brother, but I also feel like we get a pretty cool story of him figuring out his way. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love it. But did he? Yeah, it's a lot. Um, So he says they were different, but we were the perfect team. And every day we wandered the beach looking for adventure. One day we found an old sailboat, used our shirts as flags and dragged it outside to use. We called it the stan war because their names are technically both Stan. Yeah. I-, I like that name. Like the Portuguese man-o-war, which is a uh, jellyfish that is highly toxic. But are they? Uh, but are they? We'll find yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh... So some bullies show up in this, uh, this storytelling montage, I guess I wouldn't call it that, sequence. Yeah, um, flashback. And yeah, they, we immediately get the picture that Ford gets picked on a lot as a six-fingered freak, and then they basically call uh, Stanley a dumber version of him. <laughs> um, Pretty rough. Yeah, I mean, Stanley, this kind of rolls off his back. He's like, whatever, I don't care what they say about me. But you can tell that Stanford is a little bit more sensitive to all of the bullying. Um, yeah. But this is where we actually see Stanley being really sweet. And I think one of his strengths He's like, don't worry, bud. Like, one day we're going to sail away from this dumb town and be adventurers. And he really believes that. And they both believe it. So, hot take. Uh, if I ever saw a Gravity Falls spinoff show, this is what I want to see it based on. I'm like so Ooh. interested in how these guys grew up and all of the mysteries that, you know, these two or all of the adventures that these two had, you know, getting to the mystery shack. And, you know, like both of them seem like they had such amazingly interesting lives growing up. I almost wish we got more of it. Like I, I seriously was like, wow, there's so much emotional complexity that, could be touched more on with the family dynamic of them growing up. I'm really interested in it. Like th- this episode really just had me asking more about what their uh childhood was like and what it was like for them to get to where they are now. So there is a graphic novel type uh production that has four bonus episodes essentially Ooh. and one of them is an extra story from this era and I think that you would really enjoy it if you haven't read it already. Cool. Um, but I agree with you that there's so much to unpack here. Um the whole dynamic of the two children growing up in New Jersey is not something that typically would appeal to me, but knowing that it's these two and how much we already know about it, I would also be interested to see it, I think. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm interested less in their like young, young life and more like once they graduate high school and from then on. Ah, I totally am with you. So like when four really starts experiencing Gravity Falls. Yeah, yeah. And And when Stanley starts traveling around the world, I think both of those seem like super interesting stories that's true it would it's interesting to know that they would probably be a part most of a series like that they would journal three is loaded with all of these stories and obviously journal one and two we don't even know anything about think about how many gravity falls stories exist from that time period exactly Uh, they they, for 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 a show that really decided to wrap itself up and end which I, i give credit for i think something that's really good can be left alone uh I still wish I could have seen more of it a little bit. And I never say that. I, You know you know me, I love, I don't like just getting money out of a show that's really good. I like them to just put it away and let it be perfect. <laughs> I mean, two seasons is not long for a show that many people consider one of the greatest cartoons to ever be created. Totally. Um, you know, when you say that most of the time, you're talking about shows that had a much longer lifespan. So yeah, yeah. I also am hungry for more. I would yeah. love, and let me give a hot take. I believe that there will be more Gravity Falls content one day. Oh really? I, I do. that's probably true. I feel like that's I just the way that I, people go. I'd be more surprised but, if there was over the garden wall content. Only if Disney will late will let Alex Hirsch make it on his terms, and I feel like that's the biggest hold up. Oh, you're right, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a problem. <laughs> But I think he would do it, and I think that he has the stories to do it if the right story was there. And it's the type of thing where there's an appetite for shows to get extra content years later when their fans grow up. And I feel like Gravity Falls is maybe about 10 years away from it, but I really could see it. That's fair. I mean, hey, Adventure Time's still getting new stuff. Fiona and Cake is out, and it's really good. You're right. Um, Stephen Universe kept getting built, and these are shows yep. from a similar era with some similar energy, even though they were on different networks. Yeah, um yeah, that's true. So. Uh, anyway, we get the picture that these are two ragtag brothers that very different, but are really passionate about adventure, and they're probably going to just adventure till the day that they die. <laughs> uh, probably true. <laughs> must be. Uh, however, As we get a montage of them growing up, we see that the bullies were right about them not making friends. Those are Stan's words, not mine. Uh, But they were always there for each other. Ford won a bunch of awards while Stanley cheated off him in school. And Which is the smart thing to do when you know you're not going to do well in school, let's be honest. Yeah, as long as you can get away with it. Uh, Yeah. And I would argue that maybe Stan did not quite. Uh, Because one day the Pines twins are called to the principal's office. Um... And this is weird that they bring them both, because the, the purpose really is to take Ford inside, leave Stan out there in the hallway, and his parents and the principal are sitting in the office. Uh, so the principal basically tells the parents, listen, your son is gifted, and the other one is sitting outside. Yeah, it, it, honestly, I feel like they just did it to flex on Stanley and be like, just so you know, the other kid's stupid. Did you notice that? yeah it's like Whoa. which he over here is mostly yeah it's like well i mean like honestly i feel like that's something that the american school system would do at least at that time true uh the principal says a big tech institute's coming to check out your kid's science experiment uh experiment tomorrow and honestly your son may be a millionaire and dad who in uh, a previous scene was very clearly meant to never be impressed by anything just says i'm impressed uh which is like his only lot li- this dad's only lines are I'm not impressed and I'm impressed, which is pretty funny because I mean, not only is it just funny, but it kind of really shows their disconnect from their own parents like, yeah, our dad was just really effing mean and our mom was just crazy and we don't really think about them or care that much about them. Spoiler alert, there is another moment where he talks later in the episode where he's being very mean to a certain twin. Uh, but oh, we'll get to does that he when he get more to than, it. Just, I'm disappointed. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, really? I don't remember that at all. Well. Yeah, no, no, we'll, we'll talk about it. But in this particular moment, this, and this is where I think that the mom maybe does have, like, a love and maybe not even a preference for Ford. Like she, she loves Stanley as well. She says, but what about our free spirit Stanley? Uh, I oh, feel yeah. like that's a moment where she's indicating some level of care. Yeah. I don't know. We don't get a lot from the parents, so I'm not going to read too much. I mean, like at one point, Stanley literally says that the kids are his only family. So I'm pretty sure that he just doesn't care about, it. I mean, his parents kicked him out of the house. So I right. feel like they don't well, care again, that, that much. Was- that felt very initiated by the dad is, you know, what I'm implying, and that's the moment where we get more dialogue from him later. Well, again, I think uh, the mom was a meth addict, so we'll get into that. I, I actually really think that. I think that you really think that this was an intentional plot choice, okay? Or a drug um, addict, or something like that. I think that her, she was intentionally considered like spacey and not involved. Okay. Yeah, I I think that there's probably some different ways that that dynamic could be explored, but. Um, Regardless of how she feels in this very moment in the office, the principal says, Oh, your free spirit, Stanley, he'll be lucky to graduate high school. But don't worry, there's a saltwater toffee store off the dock, and someone's got to scrape barnacles off it. Uh, Ah, how capitalism rich people think about poor people. Love it. Well, uh, in this case, unfortunately, Stanley overhears it. And says, oh, oh yeah, the principal says, one of your sons is destined for greatness and the other is going to stay in New Jersey. So that's pretty cool. You get to have one of your sons, sons stay close by. Silver linings, right? <laughs> it's so weird when figures like this try to, like, sway the futures of children. Um in front of their parents yeah i I think part of this is weird too because again i feel like this like almost i almost wish this had two episodes instead of one because like obviously how much time do you get to give these characters to be anything than just one note to you know give the exposition of the stan brothers but you know there's a part of me that's just kind of like yeah the dad is just a basic angry dad and the mom is just a basic you know shrilled out absent mom and that's pretty much all we get from them and then the teacher is a teacher that's about it. Yeah, and it's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's true. But I, I will say this: it's their their dynamic isn't where the interest lies. And I guess there's just a weird part of me that wished that that was actually explored more. You know, to kind of explain their personalities a little bit more. I get that because it would make it feel a little bit more complex than what we're seeing. We're definitely yeah. getting a quickly told version of the story, and frankly, I actually think that's the right choice. Um, really. I- i do i feel like two episodes of this would have bored the fans oh i mean uh, sure i mean in terms of marketing i think you're right but in terms of good storytelling i disagree oh well that's true i mean listen you follow the longest series that's maybe ever been made in animation so and also the highest (laughs) grossing though so think about that true uh so anyway this uh sequence is done and we see the twins outside on some swings Stanley assumes that Ford won't go to the stuffy college, Uh, still believes in the Stana War and their dream of international treasure hunting. Uh, But as you would maybe expect, Ford kind of says, well, I mean, I don't want to pass up on this big opportunity. But I'll tell you what, if the science board is not impressed with my experiment tomorrow, we'll go through with the sailboat dream. So, so this is the problem that I have with this. It would have been so, uh, I I think it would have been smarter. Now, granted, I get that his like social awareness probably isn't quite as there. Again, we don't really get that much emotional explanation, so I don't actually know if that's true or not. But Mm -hmm. assuming that that's true, the smarter social thing would have been like, oh, dude, I'll go get my degree. Maybe you can even come with me and we'll sail off when I have more, uh, you know, technology and science under my belt. Pretty easy solution to that. Wouldn't have made him feel outed, you know? Well, that's true, and I also think it's kind of a, a miscalculation to say, hey, if the thing that you really don't want to happen were to not happen, then I'll go through with what you want, but only if it happens. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that was a huge miscalculation, and instead he would have been like, oh, well, we can do both. Like, I'll just go to college, and then we'll go adventure around the world, and I'll just be, be science, and we'll do science stuff too, you know? Have both both hand." Yeah, you're right. That would have been good. Easy uh, solution. Unfortunately, it's not what we get. And in fairness to Stanley, he is not trying to do what is about to happen completely. Um, He does go to the science experiment overnight and just kind of like angrily punches it out of frustration and accidentally breaks it. Yeah. Do you think that there's any version of this retelling where, because this is all being told through Stan's mouth, that he is lying and embellishing here. And he actually did do it on purpose oh i didn't think about that Nah, i feel like it's more likely that he did it on accident
1: like obviously
0: he did punch it out of rage and maybe we could argue that like subconsciously he was hoping it would break but you know i mean I, i i believe that like if if he had actually even if he had done it intentionally i believe he would have immediately regretted it and been like god i shouldn't have done that what was i thinking you know what i mean Yeah, I I think that you're probably right, but I think it's an interesting fan theory. The fact that we're asking that question is more evidence to me that we don't have enough clear emotional exploration of these characters. Because we really have no idea why they're doing these things, because we don't know enough about their personalities from what we've seen. Well, and I hate to say it, but Grunkle Stan is not really the epitome of trust. He's given every indication that we shouldn't trust everything that he has to say. He literally advertises himself in this episode as a professional con man. That's fair. But he also seems like he's sweet, but slightly incompetent. And he does love his brother. And I think that's very clear. Yeah. The episode. Yeah. And I um, think that it's a choice that was made out of love and a fear of abandonment. Because clear, I mean, the one thing that we do see is that neither of them have any attachment to their parents. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do yes. think that that is the one thing that, that makes sense. And that's why Stanley feels like he'll be abandoned if his brother's gone. Because his parents haven't really looked out for him. Yeah uh that's true so the science board comes by in the morning the perpetual motion machine that ford has invented does not work and i'm just gonna say i don't think that he should have gone to this university because these people were very rude and they walked right away and were like screw you kid we get pitches like yours they're a dime a dozen goodbye i don't know i went to college i liked it (laughs) Really? Wait, you're you're totally on board with them just like dismissing him? I mean, I don't know, dude. Like what what do you expect? Do you think they're just going to show up and, you know, just be like, "Well, you're admitted to school even though you have no proof of being intelligent." I'm just saying they could have been nicer about it. Oh, I, uh... I guess so. I, but those are those are like the way that the colleges work. The admissions people aren't the same as the teachers that you're going to have, you know? <laughs> yeah it's only the responsibility of the teachers to be nice i mean yeah i mean well it's just those are the only people that you're gonna deal with it's not that it's the responsibility it's got nothing it's not like oh i'm gonna gratify the school based on how one person treated me like it i don't think you're making your future choices based on the emotional impact of a single interaction you know what i mean Listen, I'm just going to be honest. I'm a person that if I was treated rudely like that, I might be not nah, screw this school. I'm not going to this one. Oh my gosh. That's why you ended really up at am. Disney and I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're 100% right. No, I, uh, in my opinion, I, I I don't always make the objectively right decision. And I make the ones that feel good at the time. And I'm just going to say, screw this school. I do not like them. I feel God. like they were mean to my buddy Ford here. My God. And, uh. He does not have that opinion, though. He has more of your opinion where, wait, I still want to go to this school. and But but he, he could have popularized st- weird science. The The benefit that the I – th- I don't care about that. I, I think of the benefit of the world, right? Because if this genius who was interested in weird stuff went to, a, like, a really high-prestiging school and he ended up studying weird stuff, then that guy is way more likely to be accepted into the scientific literature than if he goes to the hippie school, you know? Oh, God, I hate that you're right about that. It's just true. They don't, they're they not going to listen to somebody that came out of Humboldt University. Sorry, Humboldt people. <laughs> wow, coming for Humboldt, of all places. They were the we first college here. that had a weed-growing course in it. What do you expect? So they're just not seen as uh, valid. Uh, honestly, the in-, I, in some ways, I actually ended up working in academics loosely. And I... I still have my qualms with certain academic culture. I feel oh, like... I mean, yeah. I got my qualms with every culture, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's true. I don't need to explore it too much. Um, but... I, I think the issue with... I do want to explore it. I think my issue with the academic system is just that it's mostly an echo chamber and that you're just like... Because what I found through getting my degrees is just that you're pretty much just writing papers for other academics to read them and dissect them. And it has more to do with just like... Gratifying each other than it does actually contributing your knowledge to society. At a certain point, you know what I mean. Actually, that's exactly what I was going to say. (laughs) We are on the same page. Yeah, that's the issue. But you know, there's still the the right people know how to work the system to create change amongst that. Just like how the right people theoretically can be good politicians one percent of the time. That's true. And when these things can actually get advertised in a way that normal people can understand them, and I say normal people lovingly. Yeah, uh, I think I would rather be normal. I am normal. Um, I'm certainly not, and I have no interest in being. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a proper academic. Like, I don't have a PhD or anything like that. I only have a bachelor's in a social science. I have a master's Um, degree. But I I work with a lot of academics in my job, uh, most of which are really awesome people. And they all generally mean well and really do believe in the ability to contribute. But to be accepted and write something really good, you have to... you know, you have to write it in a way that it is not going to be understood by people on, on an no, academic level. I don't think that's true. I think that depends on where you're at. I, I think that, I mean, you know, in some of my philosophy, I have an, my undergrad in philosophy, and I think part of doing good philosophy was making it digestible. Now, granted, the people reading it happen to be, you know, the people grading it just happen to be people with a really extensive knowledge of language and, you know, like, essay format writing so their their standard i think subconsciously is probably a little higher um but you know i tried like if if you read my thesis i don't think i wrote it in any way that you wouldn't be able to understand uh it's just no one would read my thesis because they wouldn't be interested in learning (laughs) i well okay i i see what you mean um I, but I still think that at a certain level, writing is hard to understand, and it's only going to reach a mass audience if it makes, like, a major news source that's written in much different language. Oh, God, um, I hate journalism so much. <laughs> Yeah, and it's got to have a clickbait article like, you won't believe what these re- researchers found from so, Harvard. If you're listening to this, the reason that is is because the public happens to be baited into that. But that doesn't have to be the case. We could start actually reading <laughs> scholarly reports. Go to If you, if you want to learn real information, if you want to actually fact check stuff, look it up in Google Scholar. Because then you'll see scholarly reports instead of journal articles. Because if it's in a news source, they probably reduced it to where you, the meaning is gone. It's just very, not always, but it's very likely that the meaning is gone if it's in like the New York Times or something. Yeah, and know if something is peer-reviewed, that does make it much more likely to have validity to it versus if it's not. Um, Not necessarily means that it is, but it's more likely. You just, you have to use your brain when you read stuff. Yes, and there are hopefully (laughs) enough smart people who do read it if there's something that's a big red flag to immediately combat that. (laughs) Um, But there should be an abstract that explains basically what the findings are admittedly you would really need to actually have a lot of background of the topic to truly then read and make sure that all of it is valid. Like I'm not going to be able to tell you if an ANOVA test was done correctly. Um, And that's where it gets tricky. You do have to, that's why you kind of have to trust the peer reviews to a certain Uh, point. Yeah. Privilege of information is a thing. Very much. So I don't want to send people to Google Scholar to read things that they can't understand. But I think generally speaking, you are going to find abstracts that tell you a lot of good information about a topic that you might Look, be interested in learning about. If you're going to regurgitate information that you truly know nothing about, at least choose sources that aren't news sources. Because they don't they don't even know what they're talking about. At least cite the people that do know what they're talking about. <laughs> That's the best point. <laughs> All right. Circling the backs. So, yeah, uh, sorry about that, everybody. We're academics here. <laughs> Ish (laughs) adjacent. Yeah, adjacent. Uh, Ford finds Stanley's bag of toffee peanuts uh, where his experiment has broken and he's immediately mad. Um, He goes back home and confronts him about it. Stanley very quickly admits, okay, yeah, maybe I was horsing around. I broke it by accident. Um, Ford, of course, assumes he did it on purpose because Stanley couldn't handle him going to college on his own, which to be fair, based on the conversation they had recently had, it does make some sense. I would believe it. I really would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like uh, imagine you and I got in that fight and I broke something of yours. If you had succeeded in something, I feel like you would be suspicious. I would be suspicious. Based on history. <laughs> Absolutely. Is, see, this is, is, is where yeah. there maybe is a, a little bit of a different or a similarity. I see it. Um, because listen, do you think that it would be unfair to say that you were a little bit more of the troublemaker type and I was a little bit more of the pristine proper annoying type? Look, I don't, I was just consider, I don't, I felt like I didn't get into much trouble until college, honestly. (laughs) Like, real shit. Like, I was a pretty, I was a pretty innocent kid. Like, I had no problem standing up for myself, and that in a lot of cultures is considered being problematic. Well, that's where you're, like, Stan. He also had no problem standing up for himself. Yeah, that's Uh, fair. I I guess that's fair. I liked ruffle and feathers sometimes. I'm not saying that you were reckless, but... I do think that I would be, it, it, like you said, if I was in Ford's spot here, I'd be like, you didn't. You better not have done this on purpose. Yeah, um, the evidence is pretty condemning. <laughs> well, and Stanley immediately says, well, maybe this is a blessing because we can still treasure hunt. Yeah, that's like, also not the right move. But still, something that I could see you saying, even if you were not <laughs> guilty. I totally would have said that. Like, like, hey, man, I'm really sorry. But look at it this way Silver Linings. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'll, t- I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is where it gets really tense. Uh, Ford doesn't want to have anything to do with, he says, the person who sabotaged me um, and or sabotaged my experiment and the parents overhear this and the dad kicks Stanley out of the house. He says, your brother's invention was our ticket out of this dump. All you ever do is lie, cheat, And ride on your brother's coattails, which is pretty funny because that's what the parents are doing. Again, you're right. Wow, I didn't even think about that, but that's entirely true. Um, And it, God, that feels especially gross. Right, uh, we're just, and I'm not gonna lie, this is something that parents can do. Um, Oh yeah, where they will raise their kids for success to hopefully be able to make it out of their own situation because they're trying to like project their own failures onto their kids and i think that's pretty messed up i think that's pretty messed up too i can't wait to do it myself to my kid no i'm just kidding (laughs) stop it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're lucky that our parents are very um uh not like that (laughs) Yeah, very, very not like that. I never you know got, they, they yeah. wanted to see us succeed. However, we wanted to succeed and it didn't matter how it was going to be. And I love them for that. Yeah, we, um, we have no beef with our parents. It was a very healthy household we grew up in. Yeah, not that there weren't parents, issues, however, but, you know, <laughs> right? These parents, however, are literally kicking their own child out. And this is heartbreaking. Stanley pleads for Stanford's help as he sees him in the window and Ford just closes the curtains whoa just brutal I, I mean obviously i don't think i don't this is where i don't really relate to anybody because like i would never get mad enough that i'd be like alec i'm never talking to you again we're done you know what i mean like i can't ever oh, imagine no so true like I, not only just because i can't imagine either of us doing anything to each other to seriously piss each other off that much but like you know like if you know even if you intentionally broke something of mine. I don't know. I guess I also have a different perspective on my future because the thing is, like, it's not like it's not like Ford didn't grow up to still be a cool scientist. Yeah. I- any conversation or any fight that we've ever had, we have always called each other like an hour later and resolved it. Or when we were kids, we would, yeah, um, we'd figure, it you out. know, talk it over. And except for Mario Party Five, Mario Party Five is 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 not that. Eventually, we just pretend it didn't happen. It did never got resolved. Mario Party 5 ruins friendships, everyone. Well, this is interesting because I don't remember this at all. So apparently it oh, bothered yeah. you more than it bothered me. Oh my gosh. Do you remember that time that we never spoke to our neighbors again after a Mario Party 5 game? No. Really? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, oops. <laughs> I'm also, I am a lot more forgiving about things, <laughs> Wait, to be honest. You really don't remember that? I genuinely don't remember. You remember our neighbors and we played one, uh, maybe you weren't there, but I played one game of Mario Party 5 with with them and we ended up just screaming at each other and they stormed out of the house and we literally never hung out again after that day. Not one time. Is that why we didn't hang out with them? Yeah. I didn't remember any fallout. I just, at some point they stopped calling to come over. Yeah, that was because of uh, that Mario Party 5 game. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> little... I really. What? I don't remember exactly how it went down. It's fine. We were children. Um, But, yeah, I, I seriously have no memory of this. So I have to. I'm assuming I was not there. No, nah, you, you had to have been there. I don't know where you would have been. Maybe. I don't remember. I was a kid. <laughs> I also move on from things relatively fast. Uh, I'm also very forgiving, though. So I feel like I would have been very quick to just say, hey, no worries, everybody. Water under the bridge. Like, let's just hang out again. And I was ready to not talk to that guy anyway. Ah, I see. Well, <laughs> congrats, everybody, getting to learn about uh, our brotherly upbringing alongside this episode. Yeah. Yeah, um, we got our own flashback paralleling this. Isn't that funny? I do want to note in this scene, uh, we see a baby in the mom's hands in the oh, background. Oh, yes. Who yes, yes. And we presume that this is Dipper and Mabel's mom. And I think it's interesting that she seems so young to not even have any idea that this conversation happened. Yeah. And. What's fascinating to me about all of it is that we sort of get the picture when she sent off Dipper and Mabel onto this summer vacation adventure, she thought they were going to Ford's place. And I don't know if she has any idea that Stanley even exists. Here's another fan theory. Oh. Oh. Oh, you're right. Because the sister... Was a baby when that was all going on, so maybe the parents just straight up didn't even say they had another kid, or that, or she thinks he died in the car crash that yeah. like he claimed happened. Oh, yeah, or that—that that, either of those work. Yeah, I think that makes. In sense. any case, the sister definitely wild. didn't know about the identity shift. I'm sure that that's the case. Right, because and everybody in Gravity Falls believes that this is Ford Pines, not yeah. Stanley Pines. Yeah, so I'm. I have to think that that's the same because the parents knew that he was in Gravity Falls. Yeah. They knew that Ford was, but they didn't presumably know that he died. Nobody did because Stanley kind of covered it up. That's right. And the scientist was, or uh, Ford was just like a recluse scientist out in the woods. So nobody like really had a a check on his personality until, until Dan stole it. Isn't that pretty insane? Like such good writing. Oh my God. I love it. I, and I love how thoughtful they seem to be about it. Damn. Um, so now we got to see them grow up more. Um, Stanley went to go make it on his own. Uh, and Because he drove off, you know, kind of in tears, saying, I'm going to make millions. And you'll rue the day that you turn ba- your back on me. Um, and, oh, we do get a brief moment back at... The Present timeline, yeah. Mabel's, yeah. Mabel's like, Oh, the story is so sad. Time to hug it out. Everything's fine now. Not 30 years worth of trauma, yeah, to worry about. Just hug it out. And she even says Hugapalooza 2000, which is a reference to Lollapalooza, which was a really big thing at that time. If you remember that, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I did not, but now I do, yeah. Uh, so Stanley's like, Hey, listen, I'm trying to tell my story, uh, so. He tried to make something of himself using a metal detector to look for treasure on the beach. But then he saw a billboard realizing that, hey, I could be good at sales. And that's when his little identity backstory really takes shape. Um, we see a 70s stan in an infomercial selling a sham product. Uh, and when that product didn't work. And his customers rioted. Luckily, they had... His pitchforks, which were also broken, so it didn't matter. And then he literally um, got- He was banned from New Jersey. He got banned? Okay, can I just say, you don't get banned from a state. You ha- That's called getting a, an arrest or a warrant for your arrest out in that state and you can't return. That's what getting banned from a state actually means. And yet- he continued to do it state by state. Yeah. First, he changed his name, took on Pennsylvania as Steve Pinington. And got I, chased out of there. I don't remember all the names, but one of the products that he was selling was a Band-Aid that was called The Rip-Off, which was pretty hysterical. Oh, that's right. Even the first product was literally called The Sham or something. Yeah, yeah something like that. And uh, I just thought those were funny and reminded me of actual infomercials. There was literally one called Sham Wow. I don't even remember what that's it was right. selling, but I know what sham wow is. So good. Uh, so, yeah, he toured the country, always one step away from the law, as he said, looking for his big break. And Mabel realizes in present day, oh, that explains all the fake IDs. Um, Dipper asks, as <clears> if that's bored. a perfectly reasonable explanation to fake your identity across the United States. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about this. That that's actually still pretty messed up. Yeah. Um, Dipper asks Ford, "Wait, did you get to go to your dream school?" He's like, "Well, not exactly." And we get back to Ford's side of the story and his upbringing. He went to Backs Upmore University with, which I don't quite get, and I don't want to think about it too hard. Backup, like Uh, it's the backup choice because you didn't get into the college that you wanted to. Oh, okay, that's good. I, for oh, some reason, thought that it might my have something god something to do with... Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I like your theory better. He went to this university with mostly bug-free dorms, as they say, and uh, it's very much painted to be kind of like a... Basically what you said. Uh, Step the, up from the community school, college. You know, yeah sort, sort of like that everybody's just like young and wild and you got the teachers who are just there to inspire the kids which i think is great even though they're making fun of it it's a liberal arts um, school i went to a liberal arts school yeah. in my undergrad i get it <laughs> it's true that's that's exactly what they're going with and uh He said, in a place like this, I worked twice as hard getting from undergrad to PhD three years ahead of schedule and got awarded a grant for scientific research. And who's to say that this would have happened in the same way if he had gone into academics? It might be that the whole Gravity Falls adventure happened because he ended up here. And that's why I think that we should be much less hard on. uh, I think he should have been less hard on his brother. Uh, You know. I think that my greatest success was ending up in a community college and not being able to get into any four-year universities. Totally. Well, I well, I'm sure you would have gotten in if you'd applied to more. But the the thing is That's like right. I think people just overestimate how important the school that you go to is. Like you can pre- everybody knows that a college degree is worthless at this point, so you can pretty much go to any that you want. <laughs> Yeah, unless you are literally going to Ivy League and it's having, like, big ramifications. Yeah, Yeah, unless you're trying to be a doctor or a lawyer or something. If you're not doing—even then, you could still get into a pretty decent law school after going to getting your undergrad virtually anywhere, as long as you do well in it. Yeah, because, uh, frankly, the United States just needs lawyers, and these positions are needed. Yeah, Um, and people don't want to do them because the the education system has been so ableist that tons of people aren't doing it now. And so here we get Ford Pines actually gets a grant. Despite going to this school that he thought was going to be lesser, he did it. He basically did what he wanted to do um, potentially for less money and difficulty. And he got interested in anomalous phenomena is I think what is officially stated. I like uh, that. Because as he says, I had a six finger. I was a weird kid. So I had an interest in strange things. Oh, so I wanted to go where more. Yes. Really quick, when we see him, uh, when we see, uh, Ford studying at one point at his, uh, at Backup s'more, uh, we notice that he's got a poster of Nikolai Tesla and Carl Sagan in his background, and I just thought that was a cool Whoa! One. That's a great note. Yeah. So, he wants to go to the place where more strange things that have ha- have happened than anywhere else. That is Gravity Falls, Oregon. And- in Roadkill County. Oh, that was a good catch. I actually didn't write that down. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, ah, that's accurate. I see roadkill every single day driving around. Meanwhile, (laughs) Stanley was doing great with his new sophisticated business practices as he scratches off a scratch card in this uh, moment that he's speaking. And he was, quote, living on his own and didn't need help. Um... But we do get this scene where he thinks about calling his brother, doesn't do it, puts the phone back. Um, Very sweet moment, and fo- too. It is. I guess and- that's what when I was... What, sorry, really quick. When when I was saying earlier that I felt like we weren't getting enough of the emotional complexities of the characters, I guess I felt like this backstory was actually really fast. And I felt like it would have been nice to have slower moments where the brothers like had an emotional... Just like a quiet time, you know, where they're like, really thinking about stuff and i felt like i mean granted i get it it's backstory exposition it's a flashback um and i've been watching like you said i watch one piece which has like whole series like whole arcs that are practically flashbacks that give you so much you know emotional exposition time um Mm -hmm. but i think i did want a little bit more just like i wish that scene i wish he had sat in silence for just like three more seconds you know what i mean yeah I, i i mean i think that again in this two-season show, they just don't have time for it. Yeah, But it remi- it's a reminder of how much more Gravity Falls could have been with a little bit more time. Yeah, As like, much as it's already great. Maybe it's not that I wanted this episode to be two episodes, but maybe I wanted a- another season. <laughs> you know? Yeah, to explore some of it more. Yeah, just for a little bit more emotional impact. Because the-, the brilliance of this show really is in the technicalities of the writing and how brilliantly it's put together in the mystery of it all. But when I really thought about this episode, I was like, you know, they actually could have gone a little bit harder with the emotional impact, like a show like the Owl House did, honestly. True. Owl House also did not get its full third season like it had originally planned. Yeah. Um, true. But they did a nice job of wrapping it up. This is where I start just writing down background scenes, to be honest, because every time we see Stanford, like, or every Stanford, yeah, every time we see Ford getting to, like, his, the mystery shack. So, as Alex said... Uh, You know, he finds Roadkill County and then he builds the Mystery Shack. It's not called the Mystery Shack at the time. He just builds his research center. Because he realizes he sees this huge tree hand grab his car and crush it and take it out of the forest. And he's like, oh yeah, this is where I gotta be. Uh, And we kind of see like a little montage actually of him uh, starting to write the journals. And then Dipper screams and goes, ah! And then it brings us to present day again. And they all look at him. He goes, sorry, <clears throat> uh, just excited about the journals. Please continue. So good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, we are now getting this moment where Ford is talking about how he used his grant money to study gravity falls. And uh, after he immediately glosses right over Dipper's awkward moment, Yeah, uh, he talks about how the anomalies were everywhere. Uh, And there is a montage of him cataloging different things and meeting Shmebulok, the gnome, which I thought was another little touch. So I wrote down four that actually are in the journal. The eye bats, the shapeshifter thing that turned into the coffee mug, the UFO cliffs, and the gnomes. And we even see in in a background detail that Shmebulok is still locked up. Shmebulok Sr., by the way. So, that's Smebulok's dad, actually. Oh, wow. that's I totally missed that. Nice yeah, job. Yeah, he said Sme- Smebulok Sr. And, uh, which <laughs> he wouldn't even know to say Jr. unless he had the kid already, which is pretty funny. But, uh, the background details in here, I, j- I wrote down, like, seven. So, really quick. So, yeah, there was Smebulok locked up. There was a Cyclops skull. There was a big brain. There was a spider bat. There was the Bigfoot footprint that we actually see in the theme song title sequence. Um... We see a Jackalope picture, we see a UFO, we see a really big mushroom, we see the Loch Ness monster, we see and we see the Pink Floyd prism. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I missed that too. Dude, thank you for writing all of those down. Yeah. I have a ton, tons of joy just from hearing that all of those things were in that sequence. Yeah, it was a really short just like camera pan and I'm like, "Oh wait, I got to pause and get all these down." <laughs> terrific well as he's wondering where all this stuff comes from he realizes i need to build a gateway to the source of all these mysteries so he calls up his old college buddy who's trying to make personal computers in a garage at palo alto which i'm pretty sure is a direct reference to steve jobs yeah yeah it it means he stole McGucket from potentially being steve jobs partner which i actually it's it's a funny joke but i actually like it because you can argue that the thing that uh Ford is mad at Stanley for he kind of did to McGucket in worse even. Okay. And you're right. And this is where th- this is also glossed over quickly, but we at least have some background on McGucket at this point because of a previous episode. Yeah. Um. So his name being Fiddleford, who we know is yep. McGucket. Yeah. Uh, they are old college buddies and they get together and try to work on an answer to the source of the town's anomalies. So they have made this portal again. This is, uh, you're so right. So much context being missed Yeah. in that we literally just hop from, okay, now we're making a portal and we're putting a dummy through it. The, the journal three has a ton more information about everything yes. that went down there, which I highly recommend reading. Absolutely. We're, we're going to highlight some things, but this has so much journal three stuff. There's no way we're probably going to be able to get to all of it today. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Fiddleford or McGucket accidentally fell into the portal as they were trying to push a dummy through it. And luckily, he was pulled out by Ford and he realizes, or I guess I should say, again, the the different noun progression is complicated here. McGucket or Fiddleford realizes that. This is bad. Like, I just saw some really, really messed up stuff. Yeah, his eyes are all a- dilated. He starts speaking in tongues. And he even says, fear the beast with just one eye. Yeah, when gravity falls and early becomes sky. Yes. Wow. Nice. Uh, you got it. He <laughs> says the machine is dangerous and could bring about the end of the world. I'm out. And he so, quits. And you're right. Go ahead. So, I think it's probably obvious... I actually don't know if this is true, maybe this is confirmed, but I'm pretty sure that, like, Bill Cipher is here because of this portal, and that's how he got in in the first place. My theory is that he might have actually traveled through the mind of McGucket, and it's McGucket's head getting stuck in the portal that yoinked, because Bill Cipher probably hopped into that brain, and then they yoinked him out, and then he was in here, you know? I think that's an amazing theory because this is the point in Journal 3 where Bill Cipher comes into play yeah. or this demon or however he's referring to him at the time. Yeah. Uh, and we also know from the previous episode that from this moment, Fiddleford, who becomes McGucket, descends into madness from what he saw.
1: And yeah, because he, he, he,
0: he couldn't handle it. He had to. He wanted to erase his memory and started blasting it away with the memory gun. Exactly, and uh, Ford isn't really the best friend uh, to his buddy who quits here. He says, I don't need your help. I don't need anyone. Gets scared alone immediately. (laughs) Yes, and sends a postcard to the one person he thinks he can trust. Uh, We are, again, though, missing a lot of context. Because from the moment that McGucket leaves, he's thinking to himself, I can still do this. The moment that Stan comes up, a lot more has clearly went down. Because when... Stan gets the postcard. He immediately shows up, knocks on Ford's door and <laughs> say it. Ford answers. is like, what are you? Who are you? Have you come to steal my eyes? Yeah. He has a crossbow. A lot has happened. It's winter. Like there's snow. Um, nice touch too. It. The more that I talk about this, honestly, the missing episode is journal three. Everybody should read yeah, journal three. I agree with that. Um, and yeah it's a story read it from beginning to end like a book it's really good so good uh ford asks stanley if he was followed checks his eyes with a flashlight stan is of course very confused at this point um and ford just briefly tries to explain listen i made a huge mistake and i can't trust anyone and he shows him the portal that he created to unlock these mysteries to the universe wait really quick this is the reference that actually uh ford says that makes me think that his mom was a drug addict oh wow okay well yes, because because he says whoa are you okay you're acting like mom after 11th cup of coffee and i'm like i'm thinking about what the sensors would allow and i'm like 11th cup of coffee sure you know what people who act like that crazy do that's like meth psychosis Hmm. A- 11 I cups feel like for- that's... 11 cups of coffee doesn't make you act like that i've had that much coffee before I feel like that's a bit of a leap. I think that this could just be a quick joke that the creators threw in, to be honest. I don't know, dude. It wasn't just that. It's the way that her the mom was, like, designed and the bags under her eyes and the fact that she's a psychic. Like, all of those tropes kind of go together. Yeah, but the, uh, maybe. I mean, it's one of those things that maybe... I, I could see the creators being who they are, wanting to sneak stuff like that in there and for some additional context. I mean, but... even 11 cups of coffee is still a drug addict. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of coffee. Um, (laughs) Listen, I'll tell you, you may be able to handle 11 cups of coffee. I can't handle two. Oh, I overdosed. I straight up overdosed when I had that much coffee. Oh, yikes. Um, But I still didn't act like that. I was just having, like, a near seizure on the floor. Fun fact, don't drink that much coffee. It's bad for you. Wait, okay, so very clearly, it is (laughs) drinking 11 cups of coffee is very bad. Yeah, but, like, it doesn't give you, like, paranoid psychosis. That's something that, like, harder drugs give you. Okay. I still think it could be a fundamental understanding from the writers who were trying to make a quick joke. I don't know, uh, man. Knowing these writers, I'd be pretty surprised if they weren't trying to do that intentionally. It's uh, possible. Uh, definitely possible. So, Stanley uh, and Ford kind of start feuding here because Ford is asking Stan to just take a journal. He hands him journal one. He's like, hey, remember that sailboat dream that we had? And he gets a, a tinge of a smile like, oh my gosh, my brother's about to ask me to go on the sailboat after all. He's like, I need you to go find that sailboat, take this journal, and get as far away from me as you possibly can. And that crushes him. Yeah. He was so ready to, like, go on that journey together. He's like, finally, let's go sail the boat and adventure together. I've just been kicked out of 80, or 80, most of the states in the U.S. anyway. There are not 80 states in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Uh- all right. <laughs> so stanley's like wait a second you don't call me for 10 years and you want me to get away from you as far as possible you come in here like hand me this one task and say go away i've been to prison in three countries i have a mullet that was such a good line (laughs) it's so good you selfishly hoarded your college money because you only care about yourself and immediately Ford being called out is like, "Hold on, you can't say that for you cost me my dream school." Uh and they fight. So, here's the thing. I do think that Ford was a little selfish. But not with his money, just with his emotions. You know what I mean? Like Okay. You you're I don't, know, like, Stan, like, Stanley doesn't know how grant money works. You can't just take your grant money and put it in your pocket. You know what I mean? You literally have to prove where it's going and, like, keep your receipts and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just take your family out to lunch with grant money. Like, you can fudge a little, a few things, but it's not like he can buy his family a new house. He's not going to be able to save them from poverty with a, a grant. Grant money is not even that much. You get lucky if you can even fully fund your project with grant money. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he still kind of slammed the door on his brother and let him get kicked out of the house, which is pretty hardcore. Maybe to he didn't feel like there was anything fa- he could do. To be fair, though. Yeah, like, he's a, he's still in high school. That was his family's decision. He was angry, so he wasn't going to stop it from happening at the time. And, like, you know, if, if it really felt like you actually just ruined your best shot at having an amazing future, I, the salt would make—the salt is understandable to me— and the the thing that I think is that, I think that Stanley should have been a little bit more, like, immediately apologetic instead of you should be thanking me. You know um, what I mean? Because he really has nothing to thank him for, yet. I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, regardless, they're fighting, Stanley's back gets burned, and- That was bad. Yeah, not great. And he, of course, retaliates. He's like, whoa, that was way too far. And he's like, whoa, sorry, I did not mean to do that. But at that point, Stan has already pushed forward, like, into the portal. Also by accident. I know it was by accident, but, like, honestly, Ford or er, Stanley did so many worse things. Like, mm-hmm. truly, he really did. He messed with his brother's life on such an astronomically higher level than... It. I gotta say, like... Stanley did ruin his own life. <laughs> wow. The truth comes out. It really was his fault, dude. Like, yo, yeah. Instead of, like, trying to make an honest living, you spent your life scamming people and getting kicked out of states. Well, that's not his fault. You did that to yourself. Yeah, I was like, I, I didn't really have a lot to do with that. I mean, it's it's interesting because he banked his life on him and his brother adventuring together. This and was his, also he, a mistake. It was a mistake. Um... But it was kind of something that they agreed that they were going to do for a long time. Well, it's kids, though. Right, right. I mean, obviously, people grow up and things change, and it does seem like Ford grew up a little bit faster than Stanley in that way. Well, and Ford was very clear with his communication, like, no, this is what I want to do with my life, and if it doesn't work out, I'll still do this thing with you, but this is really what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Honestly, it was—Ford—or Stanley was being just super selfish and just retaliated emotionally out of nowhere every time. Well, maybe that's why he did decide to spend 30 years trying to get his brother back because... He felt bad. He he got pushed into the portal. Uh, Fair. Ford did throw Journal 1 at him on his way out. Actually, no! And- Even that, he took that identity because he knew he could and make it work and he saw dollar signs in his eyes. You know, I have mixed feelings about that. So, yeah, let's get into this next. <laughs> Um, shoot, I wasn't ready to make this argument at the start of this episode. Stan realized that he was not going to be able to get his brother back without the other two journals. That was not going to happen because he yeah. tried with the one. He did. And he went into the town to stay there to figure out if he could find a solution or find the journals. Yes,
1: and we that's see
0: that's we see this first. scene, right? We see this great scene. The, the old Gravity Falls years and years ago. He walks in to try to pay for a thing, uh, but he barely has any money. And we see Lazy Susan as a younger woman. And or just Susan she, at the time. True. And just she says, I know that guy. He's the fella who lives in the woods. Uh, and the other townsfolk sort of start chiming in. And it's I think uh Toby Determined is there, the news reporter when he's younger. Yeah. We see the cop who was formerly like a trainee. Uh, at the store and even cooler we see the ghosts yeah. from one of the very first episodes in season one as living people yeah they're even in couple. the shop that was the the scene of that haunted thing which i thought was yeah. very cool mon uh and at first he's like oh no that's not me and but then people start talking they're like oh we've heard stories about that old shack mysterious light spooky experiments and we'd pay good money yours? to go see that yeah exactly exactly we pay good money for that and stan realizes that he could pretend to be Ford to earn some money and he goes yes i do give tours 15 bucks a person and his eyes dilate almost like uh McGuckin's did when he saw yeah. like probably like an existential uh Horror, world yeah. changing universe bending uh anomaly yeah uh, he's like money wow everybody's holding out their cash and He can pretend to be his brother. Susan asks, what's your name again? He's like, Stan Ford, Stanford Pines. And that's where it starts. I believe that this is still born out of his brother, personally. Like, the the intentions are still born out of saving his brother, is what I mean. Hmm. Yeah, I can, I'll give you that. But you got to admit, like, the fact that he, the way that he went about it, You're right. I mean, he has been doing this whole thing this whole time, obviously, to bring back his brother. If it was just about the money, he would have just stopped doing that and just kept the money. True. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, that's fair. Great. Sweet. But even still, Uh, up until that point, he was mostly just acting purely out of selfishness. There is a little hint in his retelling. Uh, he, He brings the townsfolk to the shack. Uh, he's like, hey, look at all this stuff. Accidentally shocks Susan's eye. Oh, yeah. Which is why she becomes lazy Susan. <laughs> yeah. The, her he's her, like, I can assure was... you it's not permanent. <laughs> that was so sad, honestly. It is kind of sad. Especially knowing um, they went on a date like way later. Oh, wow. That's so true. Uh, And there, then he kind of covers up all of it because they're starting to get annoyed at him. He's like, wait, but this guy over here, he's pretty spooky or something. And they're like, ah, that's kind of cute. That's kind of fun. Well, like, He actually says, you could be like the last people who came. They didn't make it out alive. And he has a skeleton oh, in a tourist right. shirt and they all laugh. That's right. And he avoids and, the lawsuit. Uh, it works. Uh, he says, well, I had to find a way to pay my brother's mortgage somehow. And that's the, the tone there. He does sort of imply, okay, I was definitely doing this for the money a little bit. Um, but he said he found something he was good at and the only, and he faked his own death. He admits to that. He's like, I, I pretended that I died in a car crash to prove it. That's a pretty sick and, move to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And now he lived the life of his brother and he was Mr. Mystery. Uh, by day he ran the mystery shack by night. He was in the basement trying to bring the real Stanford back. And he lied to everyone, including his family. Also, so that no one could stop him. He also said, and then I founded the murder hut. Later named the Mystery Shack. I totally missed that. (laughs) it's a good one. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, And that's the whole backstory. We're in present time again. It is. Uh, We do sort of uh, escape the episode here. um, Because there's a noise outside. Sue says he was so spellbound by the dramatic tale that he forgot all about the government agents outside. Um, So Dipper has a great idea. Pulls out an invention from a past episode. Uh, and Ford doesn't know how he got it, says it's perfect. He has the group plug their ears, uh, and as the government agents prepare, he sends out a frequency that goes all the way through the mystery shack, makes them lose their memories, and uh, basically he just sort of comes out and is able to easily fool the agents into giving up all of the information they have from a USB drive. The gravity falls, goat eats it, and um, they say it's a false alarm and leave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they pretty much wiped the memory of uh, an entire secret agent team of the United States government, which is a pretty yeah. crazy move. I love and it. This was a this was a big plot in the story, and all of a sudden, this threat is just gone, and we are going to get be able to have some time in the future episodes to have Ford with less of a threat around, sort of get to know Dipper and the journals and everything, and that's going to be exciting. And also, Seuss walks away and calls Wendy, and is like, "Wendy, clear the next fourteen hours." Yeah, I have that's to tell true. you something. <laughs> And then the end credit scene to skip ahead um, yeah. is Wendy taking the call. And it's so funny because Seuss is like, okay, so Stanford did this. And then Stan Lee was here, but then yeah. that wasn't the real Stan Lee or the Stanford. And I'm like, Seuss is literally me trying to explain what yeah. is going on in this episode. In this actually recap. though, we are <laughs> Seuss. We totally We are Seuss. A- we are the Do Y'all fans. have 14 hours? Yeah. Yeah, honestly, this is probably going to be one of our longest recordings too. It is. There's no oh, way around funny. it. That's good. Um, but all important stuff. Um, Stan and Ford have a moment in the mirror to reminisce a little bit, and it's nice for a moment before they kind of start fighting. Ford says, "Uh, okay, but yeah, when this is done, I need you to leave. Give me my house back and my name back." Um, and Stan's like, "You're really not gonna thank me, are you, for you know, spending 30 years to get you back?" Um. And he's like, whatever, fine. I'll do it as long as you stay away from these kids. They're the only family I have left. And that's sweet. You yeah, know, I, and I do think that that was really well done because you gotta, I, like, I, I really understand not wanting to thank him. Like, how mm-hmm. can I thank you? You literally consistently ruined my life. Every time you came into it, you messed it up. Yeah, I was you in know? the portal because of you. So yeah. sorry if I'm not like, going out of my way to thank you. Yeah, like, good job. You undid the mistake that you did. hmm I'm sorry. I'm, I wish it hadn't taken you 30, I think, years to do it. Yeah, I hate... In a way, I hate that that's the mentality, but it's also kind of reasonable. I mean, I, I think it's unfair. I think the part where it's unfair is I think Stanley should not have, like, demanded an, of, like, a thank you. You know what I mean? I think Stanley should have been like, no, I deserve that. I totally... I admit that I did you wrong and I'm sorry. I still don't think he should be looking for a thank you. He should be giving an apology. That's a great point. I actually think that that's a great like life philosophy. Yeah. You don't want to do anything because you want to be thanked. Because yeah, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Do it because you know it's the right thing to do and leave it there. Yeah, and honestly, he's more likely to like warm up to you and be on your side if you just like totally admit that it was all your fault and that you want to do what you can to make it up to them and if they're slow to to uptake on that that makes sense dude's been in a matrix world for 30 years yeah you know i don't think that after that experience he's like hey you're not saying thank you like dude are you kidding me are you serious that's your line like bro chill out I appreciate the thought that you put into this, because I was not walking away with a lot of those mentalities. I was kind of like, honestly, Ford is being a dick right now. No Uh, way! I totally don't think so. I think he's totally justified to be pissed. Hmm. I kind of get it. Um, I still think that he is being a little bit... But he was gone for... He missed 30 years of his life. Yeah, I mean, like, Uh, I, I think that if he still has that mentality in, like, a year, then he's being a dick. But, like, in that moment, nah, dude. Those are the emotions you deserve to have, 100%. Fair enough. Um, well, we see Dipper and Mabel talk Uh, after this. Oh, this the scene hurts. Yeah, they're like, wow, we're so excited about our new great uncle. But can we promise each other that we won't be stupid and hate each other one day like they do? And uh, I don't think that that ever rears its head. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does. Really? That, that's okay. A, they're introducing that plot line. That's becomes a theme for the two for the next bit. Okay, it's been a while, so I'm excited to rediscover that. Yeah. Um, But it's a very fair concern, you know? You see these two siblings that were so close for so long, and to see them grow up and have this hatred for each other, literal twins, it sucks. You know, I was talking to Lou the other day. I watched a documentary on the two Disney songwriters, the Sherman brothers. Oh, yeah. And two of the greatest songwriters of all time, both brothers, fantastic creators. Of course, Lou and I have been doing our creative endeavors for a few years now together and it's been so uh, creatively and personally fulfilling to get to do this thing together. You know, growing up, having such a close relationship, being able to have this thing that connects us and we're proud of what we do creatively. But the Sherman Brothers, you know, they grew up and they hated each other and this documentary was their sons kind of trying to get them to appreciate the times they had together but still eventually one of them passed and they died with anger and i was like dang like i hate to see that see two siblings who are making great work together and you know it's a reminder i want to look at that and remember that our relationship always comes first our friendship always comes first yeah and I, when Mabel and Dipper had this moment, it reminded me of that. Like the fear of looking into the future and hoping that that doesn't turn into you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I, I like also that Dipper just goes to sleep with like, ah, that's not going to be us. I ain't worried about it. And Mabel's like, huh ha. And then she like just kind of lays with her eyes open at the ceiling. And that's how it ends. Because Mabel has a lot more of a fear of growing up than Dipper does. Dipper's ready. You know, Dipper's like, I want to be a, you know, a like mystery hunting i want to be like this this guy that we just saw hop through the portal and mabel's like yeah i kind of want to be a kid and still do what we're doing right now i'm not i don't want to move forward like that and you see that parallelism of you know i mean grunkle stan and ford you know god that's so true do you feel like you relate to one or the other of them more or you did when you were a kid um I never really thought about growing up really that much, to be honest. It scared me to death. Really? Um, (laughs) Wow. okay, Okay. There were two sides of it. I was dying to get out of school. Yeah. School was a horrible time like it was for many people in middle school and high school. Yeah. And I wanted that to end, but emotionally I was definitely not ready. And I clung on to a lot of my nostalgic childhood loves because of how afraid I was to grow up. And as an adult, I managed to embrace those things and re-love them in a new way and also grow up at the same time. But it took me a bit. I had a very hard time starting into adulthood. I didn't know how to do a lot. I didn't know what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. And I totally felt Mabel here so hard. Like, yeah, I, I, I just... love childhood and the joy that comes with it and the fun, and I'm not ready to give this up. And we are taught that we have to um well see i never believed not. that like i really did i really never believed that and like you're right i still and, don't and thanks, <laughs> thanks to mom and dad because they tried to assure us that that was the case but i saw it everywhere around me because it felt like all my friends would grow up and started to be responsible and i saw it like yeah i'd be like dang this is supposed to happen i'm falling behind i'm the weird one now i'm an outcast because i'm like living in the past i guess i always felt like everybody who was responsible quote unquote they were acting responsibly they were acting they were faking it you know what i mean yeah so to my in my eyes everybody was playing a part and those people just chose a boring part to play i think that's so true and wise i wish that i had had that foresight (laughs) i Um, I think i was also just really nearsighted because when i graduated high school i was just like all right let's get to college let's go to my next step one two three I'm leaving. The, I'm like, I'm ready to get out of the house. I'm ready to go on an adventure. I, I kind of was more like Dipper in that regard, I guess. Because I was just really excited. And I still am like that. I'm still excited for the next adventure in my life constantly. Yeah, and at this point in my life, I totally concur with you. But yeah. there was a time that these lessons needed to be learned. And uh, I don't know. I, I love Mabel here. And if I were to see a spinoff, I would love to see what Dipper and Mabel turn into as adults. Oh, that would be really interesting too. You're right. I-, I like that idea as well. Instead of going in the past, going into the future. Sure. It's right. so well, funny talk- that you and I chose different spin-offs that are completely opposite of our mentality growing up. You're right. You want to see the one farther in the past of the series and I want to see the one in the future. Wow. So interesting. Maybe that speaks to what we were missing out on when we were kids. <laughs> Maybe I was God. looking into the future a little too hard. All right. Well, uh, I have loved this. Um, let me really quickly talk about the cryptograms that come up in this episode. So, oh, yeah. after Young Fiddleford stuck his head through the portal, he says a weird line. If you remember that, oh yeah, like, it Just sounds like gibberish. Tongues. Yeah, yeah. So that was a cipher, and oh, of course uh, it was. Yep. Once it is decoded, it reads "Bill Cipher Triangle." Oh wow. So almost even closer to confirming your theory yeah. uh, about Bill Cypher, at least being seen, if not coming into the portal through, through his head, yeah. Through his head. Um the ending cryptogram decoded reads A stubborn, tough New Jersey native, Phil Brick wasn't too creative. Having twins was not his plan, so he just shrugged and named both Stan. Yeah. That's Pretty sad. I'm guessing Philbrick is the father's name. I don't remember if we actually heard it. Yeah, I got that vibe. Huh. Um, The code at the end reveals the message, back up some more university. You tried. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Wow, what a bummer. (laughs) You can, I get that that was more of a thought. You can really go to any college and and you'll be fine. I really truly believe that. You can find- starting a community college worked great for me because i was able to save money and only pay for the big stuff halfway through honestly if you've Uh, got a passion for like hair or tattoos or like like go into it or construction like do a trade school you'll probably make way more money and have less debt if we're like talking financially smart decisions i at this point i think college is only for like you know if you're if you've got the goals of becoming a like a doctor or a lawyer one of those like you know, really high-paying positions, or if you want to be a creative and just throw all your money away to do art. Yeah, um, and, and there's different ways to, but you to will be it. in debt for the rest of your life if you do that. Just know, you might have a great time doing it, but you will, you will be in debt. That will never stop happening, and that's fine. You can live a happy life in debt, but that that is the world that we live in you know yeah i'm somebody personally who likes to have a job that doesn't stress me out even if i work at 40 hours and then do a lot of things that i love on the side um yeah and 40 hours have to worry any job 40 hours stresses me out if i have to be on someone else's clock i'll be honest yeah i understand that too it's yeah (laughs) man if only we could have an episode just to talk about our life philosophies that might be fun one day if anybody cared nobody would care (laughs) (laughs) i hope Um, We have another cipher um, on the scene where Ford is writing the page floating cliff. Uh, yeah. A symbol code can be seen on the top right corner of the journal with some parts covered up by his fingers. When decoded, it reads, my compass goes haywire the closer I get to them. Does this mean I think it does? The answer may be underground. Yeah. Did this one come up in another episode? No, it's in the journal though. Or maybe it's in an episode, but it's actually in the journal itself because I'm pretty sure that that's where... The, I'm pretty sure beneath that is where the mystery or the the mystery shack's basement thing is. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, there's there's so much side plot going on with the stuff that's in the journal. And let me talk about journal yeah, three here for a ton. second. Rather than go through and try to explain everything, um, I'm just going to say this is the part of the journal where Ford takes journal three back and Dipper stops writing in it. So. He starts to write an intro about everything that has changed uh, since he got back. And there's details there. In addition, there's tons in the early stages of the book, yeah. which are about the stuff we saw in this episode about McGucket. Yeah. Even though I don't think McGucket's name is mentioned, I think it just says my assistant. We, we start to see where Bill Cipher comes into the picture. This is the episode where rather than Mitra's trying to explain it all because there's so much content it is better to either try to just go online or get yourself the journal and read it all for yourself. Um, in the future episodes, I'll uh, talk about the, uh, I guess the future episodes that are coming up because starting in the next one, which spoiler alert is the dungeons and dragons episode. Oh, we're I'm going to get yo, a, I'm sorry to interrupt oh. you. Have you ever opened the inside cover of the book? Cause I just did. And it has the layout of both the memory gun and the portal. <laughs> Okay, that's awesome. I never even knew there was an inside cover. Like, you know, like the, the yeah. Wow, go figure. Journal 3, so many surprises. Um, Also, I don't really have time to get into all of the (laughs) deep lore and updates that are in there. Yeah, he writes a little bit about his interpretations on Dipper and Mabel and Seuss. um, And uh, again, there's a lot that is worth reading. So highly recommended. Lou. Yes. What on earth are we doing for mystery plaque points this episode oh wait we have we we, oh my god i didn't even write the the points i wasn't even thinking about it because it was so plot heavy i know me too i don't Uh, even know where to start oh my god i mean i feel like it's got to go between the brothers and it's just awkward that we have to give two to one and two to the other or one to the other yeah yeah i think we should conspire here and okay. agree that each brother gets three points, regardless of who gives what to who. I think that's fair, actually. I, I like that. I, this uh, feels good. I'll give two to to Grunkle, because I think it's hysterical that he faked his own death, and that's that's a pretty Giga-Chad move. Wow. Even though you totally condemn basically everything, and we're 100% yeah. Ford's side for yeah. the entire argument. I do! I, I don't know, man. That's just such a... I feel like... I don't know why. I just, I've just i always been like... I've flirted with that idea just for fun. It's just a cool idea to get a new start. I don't know. well And for what it's worth, I wanted to give two to Ford anyway. Um, Deal. Because I, I just love that this is his true introduction episode. And we were about to get some awesome episodes with him in it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and also he's going to get snubbed for points. Because he wasn't in most of the series. Also true. Um, I have a question for anybody who uh, is still listening at this point. I forgot to tally up what both Lou and I have been doing for points this entire season. And I'm going to be honest, I really don't want to go back into every single episode oh for the end. No, to you, have you cut to that and do the work for your podcast, you lazy piece of shit. No, listen... <laughs> I am, I'm asking if anybody is nice enough and wants to oh re-listen God. to these episodes anyway and is able to catalog it, I would appreciate it. If you don't, it's okay. I will still go back and do it. But just if you feel like it, that's nope, all I'm going to say. Nobody do it. Make him do the work. He doesn't do enough for this channel. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if you don't, please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. Do uh, that. Whether do that. that is a proper review. <laughs> uh, it helps uh, it Helps more people find uh You forgot we still have to add a cryptid to our own journal still. Oh my gosh, I did forget about that. Um well, what do you think? What do you have any inklings? I, I was thinking maybe we could go with one of the things that you wrote down during that big montage. Should we talk about Bigfoot? Have we gotten to properly add Bigfoot to journal three yet? We did talk about Bigfoot. Okay. Um I I wanna talk let's let's talk about something in science. I wanna talk about the portal oh okay uh explain portal to another dimension maybe something like black holes something some phenomena explaining the bermuda triangle i've heard of people theorizing that like wormholes and stuff can make you know whether it's time travel or uh or whatever do you think that it's possible that there are little gaps in reality glitches in the matrix so to speak that can send you to another dimension and I don't mean mentally this time. I mean, like, fully. Well, see, the first question is going to be whether I think that other dimensions are there in the first place. Um, oh, that's, because I that's would have like, to scientifically proven already. There's already... We already well, know that there are other dimensions. Well, I mean, if you're talking second dimension, third dimension, fourth dimension... Um, well, there's but, no order. So, I am not as quickly willing to just accept that without doing my own research because we That's advocated I, I have done a lot of to go to Google Scholar. That already. That's true. I, I've, I um, actively studied that when I was in school, like in an academic way a lot. Sure. I know that dimensional theory is interesting. It's not something that I've studied. Um, I mean, string theory pretty much is that. For the sake of this argument, I'll suspend my disbelief and pretend if it were true, what is the likelihood that a portal of some kind could take somebody from one dimension to the other. Um and I honestly I think that I would almost lean no because no. in in my mind another dimension could be so far beyond our realm of comprehension that I almost think the way in which it worked would be so fundamentally different that I don't even know how they could connect. Like I I don't know If that's even something that makes sense possibly to me well i know that we can experience other dimensions but the question if there's a portal that can straight up take you out of this one into another is a whole other thing yeah because like yeah that's pretty tough because the the problem you're right because the problem is the way that i understand parallel dimensions or other dimensions in general is that you're right they they work not on like the same physical like material way that ours do you know like how we have like mass and density and those you know those elements of physics there's mm-hmm. a chance that the elements of physics and parallel dimensions don't work like that so if we did get transferred we would pretty much just die because our mass wouldn't be supported and our organs would no longer function so like could we go there maybe but would we survive and experience it probably not I mean, there's a reason that going into a black hole would basically just immediately kill you. Yeah. Well, that's because the, the pressure and contention of it would pretty much reduce your physical matter into atoms. But... Look, all things considered, we have made a lot of scientific strides in a very short amount of time. And I think that there's a lot of un, uh, undiscovered know, man. mysteries. I-, I saw a UFO that jumped across space at a nanosecond. I know. You teased that. And then we told everybody, hey, if you want a more detailed story go listen to the expedition cartoon podcast where lou explained yeah, it in more detail i did i did wait no we talked didn't we talk about it here and we set on the expedition podcast to come here i don't remember um <laughs> man now we're creating our own uh, dimensional loop du- yeah i know right
1: you know go i've to it, listen
0: to this <laughs> do i i do think that uh, parallel dimensions exist for sure but do i think that like physically we could travel to one I don't think we're there yet. I don't think that I and I when I say we don't we're not there yet, I mean I don't think that we've created any technology that can do that. And I would be surprised if there were any natural phenomenon that could take you into another dimension and preserve your life. You know, like let's if we take yeah. some Bermuda Triangle magic, pretend that that's a thing, which I I don't know that much about the Bermuda Triangle to be honest. You know, but if we're if we're to explain mysterious disappearances through you know they traveled through some weird portal uh yeah i don't i don't see that working in the laws of physics as we know them i think it would have to be you'd have to be in a device so like i i don't think that a portal could just form and you could just fall through it and end up in another dimension i don't think that actually makes sense it seems like it'd be a pretty far reach but yeah without without technological assistance i don't think it's possible so I'll say of... not completely impossible. I'm going to give it a two out of 10. Okay. Um, I'll give it a two under the assumption that one day in a hundred years, assuming that climate change hasn't killed us all, that oh there, God. science could get good enough to the point where something like that could be wild and I don't know. Hopefully science will get good enough to solve climate change first. Um, Don't buy <laughs> it from Amazon and stop supporting the dairy industry. Uh, if you made it an hour and 30 minutes in, I'm hoping that... uh. <laughs> that you've come to expect this um i know this, right? pod- this podcast is brought to you by the brazilian dragon podcast network lots of other rewatches and shows and movies on their feed um once again i'm really strongly plugging the expedition cartoon podcast we visit cartoon worlds in that one and a gravity falls episode might be around the corner so yes. definitely make sure you are subscribed to that uh that feed. it is on youtube um, now if you want it to is also it, out it has a separate youtube channel if you are more interested in watching there um, you can follow us on social media by clicking the links in the description and please leave reviews like i said earlier uh, thanks to tesla scarborough for our cover art we'll see you all next week happy sleuthing